Welcome to Global River Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoyed today's message. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit globalriver.org forward slash resources.
Good morning. Good morning. Am I loud enough for you guys? Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. I have uh, somebody gave me a little note, and it says, uh, "As it knits them, binds us together. Our joy will become hard to contain." In Spanish, he wrote it in Spanish. Como el teje y nos ata juntos, nuestra alegría se desbordará. As he put us together, as he knit us together, it will be hard for the enemy to pull us apart. Amen? Because we are one in Christ. Let's pray. Father, I thank you. Blessed be the name of Jesus. The name above all name. That every knee will bow. And every demon will tremble. At the name of Jesus. So I thank you Father. That today. This word. That you have given to us today. Will pierce our heart. Will encourage us. Will help us. Will strengthen us. And it will help us to be the men and women that you call us to be. We thank you. In Jesus' holy name, amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Let's run with this thing. We're going to be going fast. So hop on the train. Amen. Hang on. Hang on. The first thing I do, as most of you guys know, when I preached... I, the Lord has directed me to read Psalm 15, and if I don't do it, the, some of the Spanish will make sure they will flash on signs to me, and they will be like this, because we know that we have to do it, the Lord had told me to, and uh, when I prayed that time, uh, I felt it was for a year, but I feel the Lord is saying to me, this is for life, and we need to remember who we're supposed to be. Psalm 15 says, Lord, who may dwell in your sanctuary? Who may live in your holy hill? He whose walk is blameless and who does what is righteous, who speaks the truth from his heart and has no slander in his tongue, who does his neighbors no wrong and casts no slur on his fellow men, who despises a vile man by honor those who fear the Lord, who keeps his oath even when it hurts, who lends his money without usury and does not accept a bribe against the innocent. He who does these things will never be shaken. Amen? I want to start by saying that as we see how everything is unfolding in a nation, I call it our nation, this is our nation, amen? amen? As we see everything unfolding in this nation, division has taken a grip on this nation. You notice that? A division has taken a grip to a nation. And it has to affect every state. And it has to affect every city in this nation. And yes, You'd be surprised, even the churches and the homes. 
That division have effect or have come against God's people, have come against the husbands and wife and children. That division have effect the whole nation. But I have a good news for you. Amen. Come on. Come on. You have to wake up. This, the, the Lord gave us a wonderful worship today. That was not wonderful. Don't you feel good when the Holy Spirit is not controlled? Don't you feel good when you have the freedom to worship the Lord? Yes. And, and, and the Holy Spirit to give you the song that is going to please the Father? Yes. Amen? Amen? This is what it's all about. The Holy Spirit is in control. And when you're trying to control the movement of God, when you're trying to control the movement of the Holy Spirit, you put yourself in a very dangerous position. So we need to make sure that we've led by the Holy Spirit. I have a good news for you. I feel that this church needs a good news. Am I along the way? It might not sound like it's such a good news, but in the end, you'll find out there is a good news. Amen? So stick with me. Sometimes I always, sometimes I say this and I probably repeat it, but I, uh, I'm, a, I'm a professional chase, uh, a professional rabbit chaser. I chase the rabbit, but you know what? I find the hole where he's hiding. <laughs> so just keep going with me. We're going to find him, okay? So I have a good news. I truly believe and I am convinced that God is doing something new in Global River Church. Amen? Amen. God is doing something new in Global River Church. I'm, I'm convinced of that. I was a uh, uh, Pastor Michael Thornton with his team, they, they they travel with his tent everywhere. And the last time we went to, or he was, uh, he put the tent, it was in Jacksonville. I only had, I only had a, an opportunity to be there one time. But I'm telling you, I, when I went to the tent, I saw people serving food. I saw young people dancing, young people uh, uh, worshiping, young people praying, young people going to the streets, all the people serving and, and encouraging, praying for people. I saw little kids, little kids washing people's feet and praying for people. This past Sunday, we were in the park. And we're starting to see how God is putting or bringing the unity in the body of Christ. We're starting to see people serving together. It was such a wonderful thing to see. Everybody was involved, moving tables, serving food, talking to people, praying for people, hugging one another. What a sight to see in the family of God. What a blessing that is. When, and when it's no different, even, even the worship today, you got a Spanish, you got a white, you got a black. It's no different between the family of God. We are all one in Christ, amen? And that's what God is looking for. God is looking for the unity in the body of Christ. There is no, it's no I, but it's us. It's not me, but it's, 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 it's all of us together. This is not about one man show. This is, this is about, a, about the body of Christ working together as one, one people. Showing the world. Showing the world the love of Jesus in us. Loving one another. Encouraging one another. Helping one another. What a blessing. I don't know if you guys call that. I don't know if you guys it was so too busy doing something else. But you have to, you, you must 
if, if you're there, you have to see the unity and the love and the people serving. I came back to bring some stuff to the church. And when I, when I saw everybody who came back with the truck and bringing stuff out, stuff out, it was so many people helping to unload the truck. I was like amazed. like, wow, I never seen this before. So God is doing something new at Global River Church. Be ready. Be ready. God is going to do something that requires. A require is not a request or a suggestion. What does it require? It's a commitment. Or it's a commitment or it's a command from God. And, and what he's doing in this church, it requires for us to have a, to, to, for, for everyone to be involved. It requires for every person here to be involved what God's doing, young and old, all alike. It's not one person here should be sitting down or say, well, I, I, they don't need me or I don't need to be there or I don't need to do. Yes, yes, and yes, we need you. We need you. Young, old, like all the same. And he's going to start. You know how God is doing this now? He is going to start by giving us a singleness of heart. A singleness of heart. If I see this is my church, this is the church that we worship, this is not Pastor Tom or Pastor Willie or Pastor Michael Thornton or Pastor Terry's church. No, this is your church. This is our church. Amen. This is, you have to get involved. You have to be part of it. We need, to, we need to hear your input. We need to hear the things that you like and things that you don't like. We need for you to be a part of the family of God so that we can move together. This is no longer about a one-man show. This is not. This is all about the Holy Spirit and Jesus. This is all about Jesus. You see the tent, what, what the Lord had told Pastor Michael Thornton to put it there? Jesus' tent. No agenda, this is not mine, this is not somebody else, this is not this, there's no, no church involved. This is all about Jesus. And the church of Global River Church have become all about Jesus. This is for Jesus. And if you want to be part of it, God is calling you to be a singleness of heart with a vision and the, and the, and the moving forward, serving the Lord and be led by the Holy Spirit. But we have to get together. Now, I have to say something also in this singleness of heart. Sometimes the enemy will try to let, or, or at least attach to, to us or to you and trying to tell you that he's part of it. Oh, I, I do the same. I worship the same God that you do and I also sacrifice to him and I, I can help you. We are in the process of building up this church. We are in the process of bringing this church to, to the vision of some 5,000 strong men and women serving Jesus in this place. That's what, we are, that's what we are after. Not because of the number, but because we are to prepare a city for Jesus. We are to prepare a community for Jesus. It's not we're not looking at the number. We are looking at to prepare a city for Jesus. So we are looking to to 5,000 strong men and women serving the Lord. But be careful, because Satan will tell you that he will help you, 
or the enemy will send people that they're not sent from the Lord. And they, they say, oh, I can help you. I want to be part of it. We have to have wisdom. Wisdom. You want to look at it? I can tell you where it is. It's extra. 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 This is that how you say? Extra. Extra four. Four. Verse one through five. Look at this. When they started to build the temple, when they started the construction, or at least they, they were planning it to do it, he is the enemy. It says, when the enemies of Judah and Benjamin heard that the exiles were building a temple for the Lord, the God of Israel, they came to Zerubbabel, 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 <laughs> and to the heads of the families and say, let us help you build, let us help you build because like you, we seek your God and have been sacrificing to him since the time of us is Saradon, king of Assyria, who brought us here. But Zerubbabel, Joshua, and the rest of the head of the families of Israel answer, you have no power with us in building a temple to our God. We alone will build it for the Lord, the God of Israel, as King Cyrus, the king of Persia, command us. Just you see the next verse, four and five. Immediately you saw the motive. You see that they were looking, they were doing this with the wrong intention, or at least they were trying to, to get and, and with God's people to build a temple because they had their own agenda. And there's a lot of people who want to serve. There's a lot of people who come alongside with you trying to say to help you, but they got their own agenda. Believe me, when you see God moving and shaking the church and, and, and you see whatever is going on, it's not necessarily that you don't get along with the person. It is God shaking those who are wrong agenda and those who are faking it. Believe me, I'm not speaking, I'm not saying this for you to, to, to let your mind wander by Satan and trying to say he's speaking about, about this person. I am not. I am speaking what the word of God says, that you have to be careful who you partner with. And there's a lot of people who come alongside you that they make them look like they are part of it, but they're not. In this house, the church of Global River Church has been shaken and it will continue to be shaking because God is gonna have a, a, a bride dressed in white and that's what we're working for. That's what we're working for. This church will, will honor the Lord. This church will be led by the Holy Spirit. This church will not be controlled by any men, no pastors or anybody. I'm not saying this because Pastor Sam is not here. He knows. He knows. This is who we are. And we need to work and, and, and ask God to help us. There's some things in my life that I need to get rid of, that I need to shake it off because those things is preventing from the move of the Holy Spirit. You, you'd be surprised how many people in the church are preventing the moving of the Holy Spirit because your lifestyle, your, your behavior can quench the Holy Spirit. And we're trying to break this thing out and somebody's sitting here, yeah, 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 yeah. And, and you know, we can't break these things out. So here, he says, then the people around them set out to discourage the people of Judah 
and make them afraid to go and build it. This is the same people that is telling them, oh, we help you. Oh, we want to be with you. But when they tell them, no, you can't help us because you're not part of us and your lifestyle doesn't match what the word of God says. So you, 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 God didn't call you to do this. Immediately they turn. And now they actually preventing them from building the house of the Lord. They hire counselors to work against them and frustrate the plans during the entire reign of Cyrus, king of Persia, and down to the reign of Darius, king of Persia. They delayed these things two years because of this knucklehead. <laughs> two years. They, were not, they couldn't do anything. So I, what am I telling you? So, a lot of time, the, the work that God wants us to do is delayed by somebody who come next to you and want to be part of it. You need to ask God and the Holy Spirit to show you exactly who is the person that you should partner with. Who is the person that is need to help you? Because if that person is not living right, I can tell you that your work will be contaminated and your work will, be, will, will, will stop. It will not produce. It will not move forward. God, did not, God called us to be holy. And I'm telling you, it's too many people serving in the house of the Lord, regardless what it is, cleaning chairs, vacuuming the church, or doing whatever you do. But if your life is not right with God, that would prevent the Holy Spirit from bursting into revival in the church. It doesn't matter what you do. The house of God is to be a holy place. Do you know before anything that anybody wanted to do, they have to cleanse themselves and sanctify themselves and, and dress in some way and be this way. Today, you can even tell somebody, you don't look good. Oh, you offend me. I'm free and I can do whatever I want. Hello. I mean, this, this, is, this is crazy. <laughs> so Jeremiah 32, 39 says, I will give them a singleness of heart and action so that they will always fear me and that all will them and that all will then go well for them and for the children after them. A singleness of heart. Ezekiel 11, 19, 20 says, I will give them an undivided heart and put a new spirit on them. I will remove from their, from their heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh. Then they will follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. They will be my people and I will be their God. Now I want to move to Hagar. Or Hagar. 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 I'm going to read chapter, chapter 1, 3, and 4. Chapter 1, verse 3 and 4, and then chapter 2, 1 through 9. Then the word of the Lord, through the prophet Haggai, then the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai, and it is, it is time for yourselves to be living in your panel houses. While this house remains in ruin, a ruin, then the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. 
Is it time for yourselves to be living in your panelist house, houses while this house remains in ruin? Two, chapter 2, 1 through 9. On the 21st day of the seventh month, the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. Speak to Zerubbabel, son of Seattle, governor of Judah, to Joshua, son of Je- Jehoshadak, the high priest, and to the random of the people, ask them, who of you is left who saw this house in his former glory? How does it look to you now? Does it seem to you like nothing? But now be strong, O Zerubbabel, declares the Lord. Be strong, O Joshua, son of Jehoshadak, the high priest. Be strong, all you people of the land, declares the Lord. And work, for I am with you, declares the Lord Almighty. This is what I covenant with you when you came out of Egypt and my spirit remains among you. Do not fear. This is what the Lord Almighty says. In a little while, I will once more shake the heavens and the earth, the sea and the dry land. I will shake all the nations and the desires of all nations will come and I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord Almighty. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, declares the Lord Almighty. The glory of his presence of his present house will be greater than the glory of the former house, says the Lord Almighty. And in in this place, I will grant peace, declares the Lord Almighty. I have a question. And that's why I tell you, the, the, the message I wanted to encourage you, good news for us, and it might not sound like it's a good news. In, in some places, you probably feel, okay, what are you saying? What is the first thing that God wants from us? What is the first thing that God is asking, demanding of his people? Truth. He's demanding honesty. Honesty. Be honest. Be transparent. Don't be a hypocrite. Don't, don't try to uh, make you, don't try to be something that you're not or don't pretend to be something that you're not. That we pretend to be in the church that I am all for the Lord and I'm doing this and do that and I, outside from the church, I am a completely different man. God is not putting up with that no more. I'm telling you. It is it's time where God is calling his people to really, really be open. Be open. And I'm, I'm, I'm telling you why. You, you must be honest. I'm not talking about the Old Testament. I'm gonna keep your scripture in the New Testament. What happened to two people or two husband and wife or a husband and wife who did not know what was honest was? They pretend to be somebody. They're trying to... to I don't know, please people, or at least they were trying to, to, to buy the leaders, I guess, or to, or to at least tell the leaders, we are the same as everybody else, we're going to keep everything we have, and, and this is, 
we did such a wonderful thing and they want people to applaud and they want people to say, wow, what a wonderful job. Whatever they were looking for, they were looking for recognition. And they were hypocrites. They were lying. They were not telling the truth. So why God is calling us to be honest? What happened to these two people, Ananias and Sapphira? Sapphira. You can read it, Acts 5. They went and sold a piece of property, and they, like, just like everybody else was giving and doing and serving and, and with all heart, and, and they just wanted to do it for the Lord. And these two, they say, oh, we can do the same. Oh, we're going to do the same with them so, so that we, they can recognize us too. Wow, look at them. And they went and they came back, and they lied to the Lord. And there's a lot of people, and I'm saying this because we're moving in a different direction. We're moving in a new way. I tell you from the beginning, God is doing something new in Global River. And if you want to be part of this, you must clean up an act, clean up a life, and then start serving God no matter what would you be doing, but you have to be honest with God. You can't be one person in one place and another, another person in some place else. You can't. God is not going to allow you. He, in fact, he's going to embarrass you. He's going to embarrass you. Today we have problem telling a brother or sister that, that something is not right. Oh, make sure you, you know, don't, don't, don't embarrass them. Don't tell them in front of everybody. Just, just you know, wave, go and have a cup of coffee with them and just kind of minister to them and tell them that this is not right. You know, just, just, just do it right. Uh, let, me tell, let me ask you a question. Did you see the Holy Spirit taking on an iron sapphire somewhere and, and kind of just minister to them? This is a New Testament. This is now Old Testament. And the Old Testament, they rock you. In the Old Testament, they, they would stone you to death. They would make a pile of, of rocks over you. You see, the Holy Spirit didn't go over there and says, well, Peter, you know what? They, they just didn't get it. Let's talk to them. You need to change that. You're lying. That's not nice. If all these people find out, they're going to think everybody's the same. Please, go change. You see that? They drop that right there. <laughs> they drop that right there. And that's what we're praying. I'm, I'm seriously praying that. I'm praying, God, Jesus, maybe my church is going to be empty. Maybe I'm going to have just one person. Maybe just my wife because I probably die too. But I'm telling you, <laughs> I'm asking God, the Holy Spirit, Lord, if we're lying, if we're not honest with you, if we're not doing the right thing, I pray that this happened in the church. I pray that this will happen. Because God is cleaning up. The act of the Christian, I, I, I ministered to the guys in jail, and I have a guy there who, man, I went for one hour, more than one hour, explaining to him the word of God and trying to tell him and the things and, and, and the reason he came up with, he goes, you know why I'm here? Because an assistant pastor, my wife cheat with the assistant pastor. I don't believe in all that stuff. If the pastor is doing that, you think I'm going to believe the, the church? I'm going to go to church? He says, I don't want to hear it. That's what he told me. I almost like say, brother, <laughs> I probably would do the same too. 
And this is, this is what, what people will call in the church and be in the church, oh, hallelujah, Lord, praise the Lord. And you live in that kind of life? You live in that way? God is going to embarrass you. I'm telling you. It becomes a time where people are going to have to make a decision and say, you know what? I am a Christian, not just in the church, but I'm a Christian when I, when I go to the supermarket, when I go to Walmart. I'm a Christian when I'm home with my wife, but I'm a Christian when I'm there just by myself. I'm a Christian. I'm serving Jesus. No matter where I am, no matter what I do, no matter where I go. Jesus. We just pray the Lord help us. So one thing I want you to do is to be honest. Second thing he wants you to is to put God's house first. Ahead of your own house. Oh, don't tell me that, brother. Don't tell me that I have to do more for God than come to the church and, and forget. Nobody tells you to forget about your house. It's time for everything. It's time for everything. You can fix your house. You can work in your house. You can do anything you want in your house. You can paint it the way you want it. But God's house comes first. And he says it. He says in Matthew 19, 29, says, it says, and everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or even your wife or children or fields for my sake will receive a hundred times as much and will inherit eternal life. Everyone who decide to commit the life and to serve the Lord, regardless of what everything else is around you, and if you put God first and we serve the Lord first, believe me, God will protect everything you have and he will increase it. He will increase it. Third thing he wants you to do or to be, he wants you to be very strong, very strong. We're living in a time that this this wishy-washy Christians where they read the word or they just come on Sunday and they don't go to the Bible studies and they stay in the word and pray and kneel down. We call for prayer. I I don't want to go there. But listen, we need to be Christians who are serving God. So you need to be strong. You need to be prepared. You need to be in prayer. You need to read the word. You need to be part of the group. You need to stand together because otherwise you will be shaken. You will be moved. When When the hard time comes, you will fall down. So we need to come. We need to be part. We need to do the work of you. You need to be strong. We're living in a time that you you can't just take it for granted. You can't just come on Sundays. You can't just hear the word on Sundays. He told Joshua, be strong. I will give you every place. Joshua 1, 3 and 7. I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. Your territory will stand from the desert to the Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous. Because you will lead these people to the inherent land. I swore to the to ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn 
fronted to the right or to the left that you may be successful whatever you do. You know why not too many people are successful? Not too many people, I don't think not too many people really even believe the word of God. They're doing some crazy things and they're reading, I don't know what kind of Bible they're reading. I really don't. I, it, it, just, it just makes my mind go crazy. The third thing he wants you to do, I mean the fourth thing, I'm sorry. The fourth thing he wants you to do is to be clean. To be clean. This thing of cleaning is not that you wash your hands every 10 minutes or that you take shower every time you step out the door or you change clothing every, every hour. This is not what he's talking about here. It's, it's not that kind of clean. It's not that we come to church and dressed up and I look so wonderful and I look so holy and when I leave here, I am just like the devil. No. It's something else. He wants you to detach yourself from the, from, from the past. He wants you to completely be holy because he's holy. He doesn't want you to be even part of a, the, 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 the old lifestyle. You know what's the first thing he says in the, in the word? Usually the first thing that God mentioned in the Bible when he says separate yourself from the things of the world is one thing. You know what it is? Among you, there must not be even a hint. You know what's a hint? What's a hint? You know, like um, maybe your food, you taste it, and it's not too much salt. So you got to be careful because sometimes the food is almost there. And if you just put salt, then it's salty. <laughs> so you take the salt with your hand. And you just put a little tiny little bit like this, like tiny little bit. Because just a, one little bit of that, it's salty. So you take it a little bit, just tiny little bit, and put it over. That is a hint. Or, or, or at least my willy interpretation. So, but among you, who he's talking to? Anybody knows? You think he's talking to the people in the world? He's talking to you and I. He's talking to God's people. He's talking to those who sit in the church every Sunday and say, I'm a Christian. He's saying, but among you, there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality. Not even a hint. Are you, are you guys listening to me? Yeah. Pastor Mike, you want to drop a pin here? Maybe we can hear it. <laughs> I'm telling you, God is saying to, the, to God's people, it is time for you to clean your act. It is time for you to live a holy life. It is time for you to consecrate yourself because it's a time now where God will sing you out or he will embarrass you in front of a congregation. He will. It is time that God is shaking the church and saying it is time for you to represent me or get out. I'm telling you, I'm not telling you this to you. God is saying this to us, to all of us. And I don't want this to sound like a condemnation. I'm just reading the word and I'm going to read it to you. Ephesians 5, 
3 through 14. It says, but among you, there must not be even a hint of sexual morality or any kind of impurity, any kind, or of, or of greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which we call the famous red joke in the Spanish little cuentos rojos. Okay? Foolish talk, of course, joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. For of this you can be sure. No immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a person is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of such a things, God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore, do not be partners with them. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light, For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible. And everything that is illuminated becomes a light. This is why it says, wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine upon you. You heard my wife giving the announcement that uh, uh, a dear sister in the Lord, Lisa Moore, is teaching Ephesians. I'm telling you, I don't know how many people were here. I just heard, I could, I, because we we have our studies and we have to do those, those also in the Spanish. But I encourage you, be here for those studies because God will speak to you through your sister that God is using for this time. Don't waste your time staying home or doing other things that you don't need to be doing. Just come to the church on Wednesday night and sit on the teaching so that we can grow together so that we can be in one mind, one spirit, so that we can all encourage one another to move forward in this kingdom of the Lord. We need you. You need the word of God. You need the teaching. How much, I don't know how, I don't know how we, we can say all these things no more. I don't know. Fifth thing that the Lord wants you to do, or want, he wants you to be encouraged, to be encouraged. So Christ himself gave the apostle, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. The only reason that you do what you do and you have what you have, the only reason that God gives Lisa that knowledge and that understanding of the scriptures and be able to teach her, the only reason God has put pastors in in this path is to encourage you and it is to raise or it is to build the body of Christ. That's the only reason. 
is to build the body of Christ. Until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, obtaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ until we become like Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blowing here and there by every wind of teaching, by, by every wind of teaching, and by a cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth and love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head that is Christ. From him, the whole body joined and held together by every support ligament grows, builds itself up in love as each part does its work. He compares the body of Christ. He compares you. He compares us with the body. And many of us, maybe you are the, the, the pinky. And you will think that you don't need the pinky because the pinky doesn't seem that it does anything. Believe me, hit it with a hammer and you'll find out how much you need that pinky. <laughs> you want to find out. Try it. It's the same way with you. It doesn't matter where you're sitting or who you think you are or you probably feel, well, they don't need me. Yes, we do. We need you. You are part of the body. So if you need help cleaning up your act, you need help uh, how I should do this, come to the pastors, come to the leaders and say, listen, I want to serve God. I want to really commit my life to Jesus and I want to I work for the Lord. I want to clean the chairs. This is what you need to do. Then we direct you how you should walk and how, what you should do so that you can start living a holy life for the Lord and he allow you to clean up the chairs. But I don't, I don't think we, we, we hit it. We, we, we are in a position right now that we're not even going to allow people to clean chairs if your life is not right because you'll contaminate the chairs. Am I right, Brother Michael? Am I right? I don't know. Am I right or not? I don't know. I think I am. I... I <laughs> Jesus, God's looking to have holy people serving him. Let me, let, oof. let me say this to you. When the house of God is neglected, everything is starting to go down. Do you ever see that? My wife and I, we used to have a home in, in Ogden, and we sold it many years ago. Well, I don't know how long, but many years ago. And we, we you know, I was a, that was the first house here in, in Wilmington, and we loved it. It was beautiful for us. At least it was beautiful. And, um, and we sold it. And we go, some, from time to time, we drive by. And I said, my house? Oh, my goodness. Vine everywhere in the house. The gutters is falling down because the, all the trees growing in the gutters and, and, the, and the grass and that. I mean, it, it being such a crazy, beautiful neighborhood. And I, I, I see this house and I say, what kind of people live there? I mean, what kind of people live in a house like that who let it go so bad? I mean, they must be the same. But you know, if you neglect the house of God, you will find now that you find roaches, spiders, Sometimes little mice, sometimes rats. 
and, and, and you come and you see all these things, but we do the same. If I neglect the house of the Lord, I neglect my life, and believe me, some roaches and spiders and worms and things that start crawling on me, and I don't even feel it no more. Oh, so everything is okay. And everybody else, everybody's seeing that and you, and say like, don't you see how you're reacting? Don't you see how you live? Don't, don't you want to change your life, man? You, you're not living the way God wants. So what am I saying? When we neglect the house of God, it's only one thing that cleans it up and brings it up again. And I'm telling you, it is in the uncontaminated word of God. Because if you contaminate this, the house will be contaminated. If you contaminate the word of God, your life will be contaminated and you think it's okay. But it's not. So that's why we try as leaders, as pastors here, Pastor Tom, myself, Pastor Michael Thornton, Pastor Terry, I know that we make mistakes. Yes, we do. And God have mercy and we ask you to forgive us. Because we are human beings, I guess, and we make some things. But you know, the thing is, when you, when you make a mistake, God gives you the opportunity to recognize it. Get up and say, my God, my God, help me. Jesus, Jesus, I messed up here. Pastor Tom, I ask you to forgive me. Yesterday when I went downtown, whatever, I did this, and, 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 and I probably I cannot serve this week because I messed up. Pastor Tom, forgive me. I asked God to forgive me, and he, he has forgiven. But now I need to restore this relationship with you and I. I need to, I need to work. I need to be in, in, in the house of the Lord. So how can, I, how can I get back? And I'm telling you, the compassion and the love that God has put in our hearts is the same way for you. But don't continue doing the same thing and come back next week and the following week and then again and again or live in the lifestyle and you think you're going to be forgiven. I'm going to tell you, stay at the door. Find some place else where you can serve Satan, not here. Am I upset? <laughs> am, I, am, am I too strong? I, 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 I'm, just, I'm just, you know, people, people have called me. Jesus, I know that many people, and, and you know, I guess it's a title that you own sometimes, being black and white. I, I, I'm not sure if I'm just black and white. I'm just trying to live and, and do what the Word says. That, 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 that's what I do. I try. I fail, yes, you too. But I recognize when I do. And I ask God to forgive me. And I ask if, if it's anything that, that I need to bring it to the leaders, I bring it to Pastor Tom. He is my pastor. He is my leader. He is the covering. I come to him and I humble myself and I say, Pastor Tom, forgive me. I didn't do this right. I don't do it so often, but when I do, I ask for forgiveness. I ask to be restored. The book of Hagar is a very strong book. And the question, I guess, that I have, or I don't know if I asked you already, was that how much time are you spending with yourself? Or how much are you spending on yourself? And how much are you doing for God? How much are you spending for yourself? And how much are you doing for the Lord? You're going to say, Pastor Willie, that's a personal question, and you don't need to know what I do with my life. Good for you. 
Good for you. Keep going that way and you see where it's going to end. Good for you. But we need leaders. We need pastors. We need the Holy Spirit to teach us, to show you. But because many people don't listen to the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit doesn't take a baseball bat and hit you on the side of the head, or it doesn't, doesn't come to you and tell you, you hear a sweet voice, a voice from the loving Father who says, this is wrong. This is not good. So why then God put leaders or pastors who tell you, hey, stop. So you hear a voice and you hear somebody saying, this is not right and you need to change that or you're not going to be able to continue serving the Lord because you're not listening to the Holy Spirit. So God is saying today, this day, today, God is saying to this church, to Global River Church today, this is not yesterday, this is not last Sunday, this is not for next Sunday. If you are here, you need to hear this because God is saying to you and to me today, get up and start working. Get up and do something. Get up and start ministering to people. Get up, if, you can, if you're not called to be ministering, we need a lot of physical work, we need a lot of things to be done in our church. We need help with the children. We desperately need leaders and, and, and teachers to help us with the children. Our children is growing like, like, like how do you say that? Like wheat. But we don't say wheat because that's a bad thing. We, <laughs> I was going to say something. I was like grapes or something. Uh, <laughs> the children, this church, you see, you, you see in the children. Last, last, last uh, Wednesday, we had about 18 little children, little Spanish kids. We have about 20-something youth, and you see the growth. So we need your help. We need, we need help on the children ministry. We need help on the youth ministry. We need help on the house of mercy. We need help cleaning the church. We need painters. We're gonna change this thing. Amen? Amen. How many agree? Nobody agree? <laughs> Woo! Yes, come on. We're gonna change these things. We're going to make a look when you walk into this place. You're going to shout out for the Lord. Woo, Jesus. This is for the Lord. This is not a, a disco. This is not a place that you come dance for the, for the devil. This is a place that you come and dance for Jesus. This is going to be, even the paint is going to be anointed. Amen. We're going to write scriptures when we strip this thing down. We're going to write the whole church of the scriptures everywhere and paint it over. Jesus. Amen? So we need you. We need every painter. We need every person here who has the ability to work. So don't think you're a pinky and you're, you're good for nothing. We need you even if you're a pinky. Yes, we need you. We need you. So we need painters. We need to pave the parking lot. We need to pave the parking lot. I had something that I was going to say. My wife says, oh, no, you shouldn't say that. But I, I have to say it. I have to say it. I think, I think as a church, we, we, we look all these things. The other day, I, I spent almost the whole day cutting holes. Somebody sent me a text or something and says, oh, thank Pastor Willie because you cover those holes and I don't have to go through or whatever, go around this. this. I do it for Jesus. You see all these things around the bushes and the stuff? I did it for Jesus. Not to, not to get recognition, not to have a name, not to somebody pat me in the back and say, oh, what's the will? You did this. No, I did it for Jesus. 
This is my house. This is the house of the Lord. If we don't take care of the house of the Lord, who is going to? We need to. You need to. So, but the paving thing is lots of money. Lots of money. We have some saved, but we need more. But I'm, I'm feeling this to say this. For two months, I think many of us can save $1,000. I think if a church will recognize that this is my church and I'm going to make the house of the Lord to look beautiful because we minister to Jesus in this house, you know what? I'm going to, in two months, I'm going to save $1,000. I'm going to bring it to Pastor Tom. This is, this is my offering or this is my contribution to the pavement or the parking lot. I'm willing to do that. I'm willing to say, I'm, here's my, my $1,000. If it takes me two months, if I had to do two garage sales in my house, whatever it is, or maybe even clean somebody's house with a pressure washer, I'm going to do it, but I'm going to bring my $1,000 and say, Lord, Jesus, this is my, my offering to the parking lot. We need a parking lot. You see how it is? People falling. The other day, one of the eldest wife fell down because of the parking lot. So crazy. So this is a house. This is not Pastor Tom's church. This is not Pastor Michael Thornton's church. This is not Pastor Willis' church. This is our church. Amen. This is the place that we come to worship. So let's not let the work, let's not give the work just to one, one little group of people. They're always doing something. Let's all be part of it because this is our church. Let's all be part of it. And if you cannot do physical, let's say, you know what? I, I can do with the money. I, in two months, I'm going to save $1,000 and I'm going to give it to the church because we're going we, we, we're gonna to fix this thing. Amen? Amen? We need to. So we need you, brothers. We need you, sisters. We need everybody here. We need your input. We need you to, be, to sit with us at the table and say, Pastor Tom, I, I want to have a cup of coffee with you. I want to be with you. I, I want you to get to know me. I want you to know who I am. Come on, be part of the family. Jesus, this time is going too fast and I'm done, I guess. I, I'm not done, but I have, to, I have to be done. Because you guys thinking of uh, Golden Corral. <laughs> no? Just, just I, 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 very quickly, I, I just want to mention a little bit of First Chronicle. First Chronicle, you can, it's, it's good for you to read three books. Ezra, Nehemiah, Hagar, First Chronicle, where David wanted to build the house of the Lord. David was, was he got all these things and, and, and so many people just give it freely and, and it was so much. And he, he was so appreciative that he himself gave, it, gave so much. You, you go ahead and read it. He gave, he gave so much of, it, of what he had, almost everything. And he says, but I'm, I'm giving this willingly. You have to do it with a willing heart. Give everything. Give, give it to the Lord with willing heart. And, and then all these people gave and all this stuff. And, and this is what David says in um, 1 Chronicles 29, 6, 14, 6, verse 6. And then we jump to 14, 18. It says, then the leaders of families, the officers of the tribes of Israel, the commander of thousands, commanders of hundreds, and the officials, and the ofi officials in charge 
of the king, of the king's work, gave willingly. And this is what David prayed. He says, but who am I and who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this? Everything comes from you and we have given you only what comes from your hand. So you think you're giving something, but basically you're not giving anything. What you're giving is what God has given, what, what, what belongs to him. But we think, oh, I gave it this, I gave that. You didn't give nothing. What you're giving is his. So, from your hand, we are foreigners and strangers in your sight, as we're all our ancestors. Our days on earth are like a shadow without hope. Lord our God, all this abundance that we have provided for the building, for the building you a temple for your holy name comes from your hand. And all, and all of it, it belongs to you. I know, my God, that you test the heart and are pleased with integrity. All these things I have given willingly and with, with honest intent. And now I have seen with joy how willingly your people who are here have given to you, Lord the God of our fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, keep these desires and thoughts in the hearts of your people forever and keep their hearts loyal to you. That is our prayer. That is our prayer that we give to the Lord willingly. That you're not given to a person, you're not given to this, you're given to the Lord. And believe me, when you give it to the Lord, it is a blessing to give because you will receive. Let's stand, I'm gonna read this last scripture. As we stand. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. So now, it's a prayer. So now, I charge you in the sight of all Israel in the assembly of the Lord and on the hearing of our God, be careful to follow all the commands of the Lord your God that you may possess this good land and pass it on as an inheritance to your descendants forever. And you, and you, my son, for us, and us as sons and daughters of the Most High, the Most High, acknowledge the God of your father and serve him with, with wholeheartedly Devotion and with a willing mind. For the Lord search every heart and understands every desire and every thought. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will reject you forever. Consider now, for the Lord has chosen you to build a house as a sanctuary. Be strong. And do the work. Father, I pray that these words that you have given us today, Father God, you are not bringing judgment or condemning your children, but you call us to stand in holiness. You call us to serve you.
You call us, Father God, to provide for the house of the Lord. You call us, Father God, to be a body who is willing to serve, who is willing to say, here I am. I want to serve. And Father God, if anyone here wants to serve the Lord in any capacity, Father God, if, 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 if we point out something that, that they need to, to, to change, that they need to fix or that they need to, 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 to confess, Lord, that they will not be offended, but they will realize that if we, if we allow that, we put them in danger of the enemy this, uh, destroying their lives. So, Father, I pray that, that this family that you have given to us understand that as pastors, as leaders, we do care. We do care for everyone here. And we want everyone here to serve the Lord. But also to separate themselves from the things of the world and to be holy as unto the Lord. So, Father, I thank you for everyone here. I pray that you bless them, that you protect them, and that this word today will be in their hearts forever. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 God bless you.